This is Josh. I'm Lee And I'm Glenn. At Tabletop Journeys, we bring more than 75 years of role-playing experience in countless game systems. But Dungeons & Dragons is where we call home. We formed Tabletop Journeys so we could do what we love. Create epic adventures in fantastic lands with amazing people like you. Listen to our podcast to catch our take on using the D&D core rules, homebrew content, and epic player-driven storytelling to make your next role legendary. Also, keep an eye out for Tabletop Journey's original content coming soon to DMs Guild. Welcome to Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and joining me today is David Perry and David Knutson. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Well, other than being Dana and so did David, yeah. I'm good. Oh my God, did I say David? <laughs> uh, did I say David that's, twice? That's my twin brother, David Knutson, yeah. Oh my God. Dana, <laughs> yes, Dana. You know what? I'm going to leave that in just because that's... <laughs> That shows you how it is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are recording on a Monday, and today has been one heck of a Monday. Let alone my Keurig machine broke. By the way, it legitimately the 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 thing that's supposed to pop the bottoms of it snapped, which I guess is like like Mother Nature's way of saying, "Hey, you need to do healthier ways and think of the environment and stuff like that." Uh, you know, my headphones. I didn't know if I was going to record because my headset wasn't working today. Uh, Dana, I called you a woman on accident. It's been uh, a good day for you. It's, it's been, been a great day. day. It's by the way, oh yeah, it's been <laughs> raining all day too, and I had to work out in you know horrible weather. So <laughs> this but it's is only eight thirty. The day's not over yet. Either. Yeah, I was gonna say we got plenty of time to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, before we get into our subject today, which is Legos, which is why we brought Dana on, and probably the last time he'll ever want to come on the show. <laughs> Uh, David, what have you been up to, good sir? Uh, well, since the last time we I was on, which was I think May the fourth. Um, yes. Well, went on vacation. While. Yeah, it's been a while. A couple months. Yeah. Uh, did a vacation at the beach with the family. Um, and then, as far as the club, our the clubs go, the clubs that I'm in. Um, you know, with COVID, with vaccination rates being up. And with a lot of the COVID restrictions being relaxed, there are uh, some regional events that are happening. And I think a lot of the big national events, uh, you know, Dragon Con is, is the big one. I, that's where I know Dana from. Uh, uh, we're both members of the Mercs and the 501st Legion. And we met at Dragon Con six, seven years ago. Um, yeah, it's been a while. And uh, so a lot of those events are starting to happen. So I've had the opportunity to go to a couple of those. Um, you know, now depending on the venue um, and depending on the state that you're in, it'll it'll depend on what the COVID restrictions are. But you know, a lot of folks are still are still masking up. They're trying to be distant. Um, a lot of events are are uh, uh, cutting attendance or limiting attendance, or they're mm -hmm. having they're trying to have venues if the weather permits have things happening outside so people could be even more distant. You know, because uh, I think they found that that COVID doesn't spread very easily outdoors and so on. Um, I was showing you guys earlier, uh, uh, my BFG that I've been building uh, made its de debut at a con. It's the Overcompensator 5000, which is my tri-barrel Gatling gun that I built. Um, 
out of PVC and an old joystick, uh, computer joystick that I had. It's 59 inches from front to back. So it's, there's actually two people in my clan who it's, it's Older longer than, than they are tall. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's probably almost as tall as you are to begin with, isn't it? <laughs> I am five foot five. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is just under six foot. So, so Ooh, Lego challenge you for, for you, Dana. Make okay. a Mandalorian Merc of him with the BFG. The BFG? I, yes. I, you know what? I could do that because I actually um, I, I, I built a Jackson uh, in Lego. So not a minifigure scale, but like one that's almost like 12 inches tall in, in a Lego form. So I've got the skills. I could do oh, a, a Dave Perry medic Mandalorian with a BFG compensator. Uh, so, I can't absolutely. wait to see that. <laughs> um, so besides cons and you know family vacations, you've been up to anything else, good sir? Um, nope. I, I'm, you know, somebody sent out a sixty days to Dragon Con thing. That was that was a couple of weeks ago, and of course everybody, everybody starts to panic about their costumes and their costume lineups for Dragon Con because Dra Dragon Con is one of those events. It 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 officially runs from Thursday night until Monday, but a lot of people have met Wednesday is the new Thursday. I think that's what they say and, now. And Tuesday is the new Wednesday. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's almost now, because it, it goes all the way to Monday, it's almost now a seven day convention experience that most people will come in on Monday or Tuesday. And, and, and it happens Labor Day weekend every year. So it's not like it, it, the date changes. And so it's surprising people, but yet, as Dave was saying, People freak out with like, oh my God, I forgot it's Dragon Con. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I jokingly say that if you want to find me on Wednesday or Thursday night, just listen, for, follow the smell of hot glue and listen for the sounds of muffled crying and cursing. Because that's me. Because I'm always working on something leading up to that. So I was, I was hoping to have a new costume, a couple new costumes done for that, but I don't think I will this year. Um, but yeah, we we've been working on on some stuff. Uh, our clan, our clan, and our, our garrison, and our, our the Rebel Legion base in, our, in West Virginia. We've been we've been do, working on trying to get some folks uh, through the through the application process uh, because we can start to gather again. That we can go, we can have an armor party where we went all, we went a year, you know, fifteen months where we couldn't where we we didn't do that. Um, you know, so so that's one of the that's a couple of things that we've been up to lately. And other than that, it's just, you know, summer waiting for school to start and, and all that. That's awesome. No, I, do, I, I do have a side tangent to go along. Yeah, yeah, go story. ahead. It's uh, and, it, and it does fall into the topic of Lego as well, because because uh, we're now starting to get Lego conventions. They're starting to gear up to uh, the big one in, in uh, Virginia is going to be at the end of this month. Uh, I'm sorry, end of next month. And so, you know, everything's starting to start. Around, or no, actually, it's in the end of this month. I'm sorry. Beginning of August. And so, you know, it's that whole Oh, it's con season. It's con crunch. And, and you're, you're gearing up and you're starting to get, I got a buddy of mine who's going, he's like, I've got two weeks to get all this stuff done and get ready to go. And I'm like, yep. I, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how a deadline for a convention puts people into a mode of that. They want to finish something. And it, 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 it's, it's universal with whether it's a comic book convention, mm -hmm. uh, a costuming convention or a Lego convention. I'm probably sure the same thing for a supernatural or a sci-fi convention. You know, it, it's the same oh, yeah. thing. So uh right before dave and i met actually i think it was the first actually I, I know it was the year we met because i was finishing my mandalorian costume and not to be confused with dinjarin this was one we referred to is that i'm making a mandalorian from scratch i'm going to join the mmcc and i had been working on it I, I had built a helmet from scratch in january 
and my, I got done with it. And my wife's like, so are you going to build the rest of the kit to go with it or just a helmet? I'm like, well, I am now. <laughs> you <laughs> called me out. So I spent from January to through August building my Mandalorian, you know, sewing the, the flight suit, the, the creating the vest armor and the, and, and I even, I even made a jetpack mm-hmm. uh, off of the, off of the, uh, the arena Django Fett jetpack and color coded it and color colored it. So it looked like it was a, a, a clone wars era night owl type scenario before I even knew what night owl was, but I just loved the color scheme and, and from the clone wars and it was putting it together. And I was literally finishing my costume the Wednesday before Dragon Con. I mean, you could still smell the hot glue yep. in everything going on. And I blisters. actually, yeah. And I even actually sent a, I sent an email to one of the guys in the, uh, in the forums saying, hey, I just finished my costume. I'm hoping I can walk with you guys in the parade. And to talk to him from the other, from the other side of the conversation, he's like, yeah, I've, I've seen you post a helmet in January. You haven't posted any pictures since then. I don't know who you are. Um, sorry, you can't come and walk in the parade with us. I'm like, all right, sure. I'll, I'll, but he's like, you can come and do the con crawl with us on Sunday night. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to show up on Saturday in my kit later in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I come walking up to the table in my kit and he, he looks up and I take my helmet off and he's like, who helped you with this? I'm like, uh, nobody. I, I, I just did it myself. And they're like, it, 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 it is that Sintra for your armor? I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, I fiberglassed it. I, I, my, my helmet's fiberglass. My armor's all fiberglass. The jetpack's fiberglass. And I'm like, where did you come from? Because <laughs> like, it was just, it was just unheard of for someone to go through right. and do all that. And, and so now I think uh, our Rusler jokingly would refer to somebody who came in with a complete kit with nobody's help is now Knut's. You, you, you pulled a Knut's in. You, you come in and done your own kit by yourself with no help. Um, but yeah, it, it's so funny that, you know, Dragon Con is that place where you like, I got to get this done because I want to go and I want to be seen. And because this is where all the cool people are. Uh, if you're a costume, and I'm sure Dave's talked about it immense uh, times before. If, if you're into costuming in any way, shape or form, it is the Mecca for costuming. Uh, don't, don't believe anybody else that says any other convention in the United States is the, is, is the, where costuming is. Even San Diego doesn't hold a candle to Dragon Con for, for costuming. I believe that. I yeah. believe that. Yeah. I mean, sorry the, for the small tangent. <laughs> no. Uh, d- d- welcome to Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. That's all we do is tangents on here. Um, I am absolutely okay with that. Um, no, I, I I've always believed like so. I've gone to uh, a few different cons. I've always felt like the 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 San Diego and the New York Comic Con. Those are more for meeting the celebs and mm-hmm. like back in the day, long even before I was really even nerdy, that was more comic-y. But yeah. now it's going to go see movie trailers and going to uh, sure. see celebrities and stuff like that. I feel like that's what it is. And this, that's not a bad thing. It's just how it's transgressed. Um, I feel like uh, Adepticon is the con for tabletop gaming for like the Warhammer uh, 40K community. That is like their go-to. Um, so Dragon Con being the cosplayers, like, you know, place, hey, yeah, yeah. why not? uh gen con dnd right yeah right the other thing about dragon con and this is why i like dragon con the most is it's it primarily is fan run oh it's 100 percent fan run right it's yeah so it's it's not like san diego comic con or even star wars celebration or some of these yeah. packs some of these others that are where there's a heavy corporate influence or blizzcon i mean yeah. blizzcon or d23 or any of these other events that are sponsored by a company 
Dragon Con was started with like 1500 guys in a, in a, in a room playing tabletop war games. Oh yeah. And then, yeah. And, and then over the last 33 years or however long it's been, it's become this other thing, but it, all, almost all of the content is fan driven. Yeah. The tracks are run by fans. Um, the guests they bring in are because fans want them there. Uh, and so there's the absent because there aren't a lot of oh everybody's lining up in hall h to see the new avengers trailer or whatever it's there's a panel with a bunch of hobbits over there and then you know there's you know uh elvira mistress of the dark is just glamp you know glamping around on the the floor of the marriott and then you know there's there's a, a panel from the expanse or there's a panel from something else going on uh that but because it's fan driven that's why i like it the most um, I, like, I like that. And, um, and so, you know, like, like Dana was saying, I mean, you, you, I think there is a lot of great cosplay that happens there because it seems like the crowd is very organic and people come with either their straight up cosplay, you know, that's, that's screen accurate to all of the mashups and all of just the wonderful oh, things that go yeah. on. I mean, just one of the things that I do is I lead a T-Rex herd of inflatable T-Rexes. <laughs> and... Yeah. People, people dress their T-Rexes up. We have a Harley Quinn T-Rex and we have, you know, skeleton T-Rexes and we have T-Rexes in Hawaiian shirts and whatever. And we just get together and we run through the hotels and, and charge at people and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's all sorts of that. Some things are very spontaneous. Uh, uh, and, and that's, that's what's, what's very lovable about Dragon Con. Now, let me ask you this. So, cause I've never actually been to Dragon Con. Um, I don't know if it happens there, but it happens to <laughs> at every other con I've ever been to. Um, there's always the big hairy guy that dresses up like Sailor Moon. Do you guys have that at, at Oh, there, there, there is a there is a there is a troop or a crowd or uh, I mean it, it is like you know we're not talking like five or six or fifteen. No, we're talking like thirty or forty. Oh my God, yes, something like that. Um, and because <laughs> and and, and, I'm, and I forget. I think I think it's the motto of all the volunteers, or it's the it's the Dragon Con motto in general. Is like we do not judge your fandom. And that is one of the great things about Dragon Con is that it doesn't matter what you're a fan of, you will be embraced and you will find others that are like you and you will stumble upon things that you never thought you would have stumbled upon. I, I, I was I coming love out of cosplay con- mashups. I love oh, the cosplay, cosplay mash. They're, they're the best. I mean, they're the best. There are people who that that's their whole thing. They won't do Dragon Con for 501st and, and Mandos and stuff like that. We'll dress up for the parade. That's the one time in the weekend where typically, unless you're like a first year or, or your second year, you're still getting in, in your groove, you'll do the parade. Everybody does a parade in, in their kit. But then the rest of the weekend, you do everything else, everything that's non-Star Wars, because we do Star Wars all year long with as 501st and, and Mandos and, and Rebel Legion, that Dragon Con's our time to let our, our other f- fandom flags fly. And you will run into all sorts of things. And, it, and random. I was in the second floor... I think of the Hyatt one year to sit down with some friends of mine who were artists who were going to be drawing. And we were looking for a, a, a balcony or some section to sit out and hang out. And the next thing I know, there's like 75 people all dressed up in different variations of Archer costumes, whether it's Archer or his mom or, or any of the other characters, Pam, I mean, whether it's, you know, true to life or they've painted themselves to look like they're their the cell shade art. Oh my it, God. I've seen it was, amazing. it was just, it was, and I was like, I never even heard that this group was there. And so it just, boom, you walked in around a corner and boom, the next thing you know, you found something that you never thought you'd see at Dragon Con. 
Um, Dragon Con is basically like going to Vegas for Halloween for four days because it's nonstop. It's 24 hours. There's programming content, you name it. You can be watching anime at like three o'clock in the morning with a room full of 50 people who are all there just enjoying it just as much as you are. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's awesome. (laughs) On that lovely tangent about cons. uh, (laughs) Thank you for joining us for our Lego episode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what, Dana, I'm actually before before we even get through this episode, I'm definitely going to ask you to come back because I have a gentleman that I'm going to be bringing on the show Uh, more for the educational purposes. This gentleman, he uses nerd culture to help educate his students. He uses board games like Catan to teach micro or uh, teach economics. He uses all these board games for different ways. That's awesome. He runs uh, Articon in Indiana, which is a, it's it's a small little con that they, that's been, and I've gone to a couple, a couple times and enjoyed it. Um, So I would love to have you guys talk about like why we love cons because this is a absolute episode right here. Um, So for all my listeners, <laughs> uh, we are talking about Legos today. But before we get into that, I need to uh, address some issues, uh, some things. I want to apologize on the lateness. Uh, well, there's been a lack of episodes. We're, we've actually, I think, on three weeks without an episode, which is not the norm uh, for yeah. us. Uh, well, so the first thing is my brother, who, David, you never got to meet. Uh, I don't think he exists. He doesn't exist now. Uh, he is actually doing an internship for a, uh, a documentary. He has gone back to college for his uh, editing and cinematography. So he, I, I wish him nos- nothing but the best endeavors. Um, and I wish him the best of luck and I'm excited for him and all the things he's going to do. Um, I had an episode and it got corrupted. So that's got it's out. And then last weekend or uh, last week, yeah, I got into, uh, I was in a hit and run. So Ooh. I was down for the count for a little bit. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, but it was, I needed to take some time to recover. So uh, listeners, I hope you uh, understand, uh, you know, where I'm coming from. Uh, I was thinking about you guys and uh, I want to say thank you so much for all the TLC that I definitely got while I was out of this. So again, Joey, I wish you nothing but the best. I love you, buddy. Uh, I'm so stoked for you. Uh hit and run you suck uh corrupted it happens um so our subject today after our nice little tangent and it's dana i swear to god this if you listen to any of our episodes this is exactly how it goes it it always takes yeah. about this long this is that's this fair. is the norm that, that, that's completely fine i i do a couple of live streams and it always seems like the the introductions that should take like five ten minutes wind up taking oh never 45 never never yeah. works that way <laughs> yeah. um which is why i never have more than like 10 15 questions because if i ever get through the 15 you're probably not an interesting person that's, that's usually <laughs> how it works out like all right i'm out of questions uh so my goal is to get through as few questions as possible <laughs> that's pretty much let's it see. uh so we have talked about everything and let's learn about you dana let us uh tell us about yourself Okay. I, I, you did you tell yourself? Uh, it's been a while <laughs> because we started the tangent. Did you? Tell oh no, we, we 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 jumped that shark early. <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me let me rewind a little bit and, yeah. and introduce myself a little bit since you're you're, you're familiar with your host. You're familiar yes. with David. So here yeah. I am. So here's here's Dana, not yes, David. David, my 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 it's Monday. Ego. It's Monday. <laughs> it's Monday. Uh, I have a goatee. David, he does not. Yeah, so that's how you can it. tell tell us the, the difference. 
Um, but again, so uh, my name is Dana Knutson. Um, I, I live in Cumming, Georgia, of all places. No, that name is not a joke. And I am a Lego ambassador and for a group called the uh, Lego user group, uh, aka a LUG, uh, called Peach LUG here in Georgia. Uh, we do have some members in South Carolina, Alabama, and Florida. So you could almost call like kind of a Southeast region kind of LUG kind of scenario. Uh, but typically LUGs around the country do gravitate toward a metropolis of some sort, kind of like that. Um, I, as David mentioned, uh, I'm also a costumer. So I've done member of the 501st and, and the Mandalorian Mercs. Uh, I could probably submit my Jedi or my Jawa and get a Rebel Legion and get the hat trick. Uh, I'm just lazy. I'm not around to it. <laughs> so, but I also do other costumings other besides Star Wars. Uh, matter of fact, along with my Lego hobby and fun, I created, I, I built a, uh, a Lego spaceman. Uh, so, so oh, if you're thinking about yes. the, the, if you've lost the, if you've I'm, lost I'm the actually Lego disappointed movie, in you. I'm disappointed. I didn't, you're I didn't not wear wearing it, the, it. Well, I didn't think it was necessary because this is going to be all. It's voice always necessary. So, it, it's, right, I right. had the CFX. I had the CFX guys on and okay. composite effects, and they do these really hyper realistic masks. And they said, "Yeah, we were thinking about wearing them." And I'm like, "Why didn't you?" It's a podcast. <laughs> I don't care. I'm selfish. I want to see. For next time, for next time, I, I will, I will, I will, I will have it on for you. I will have All right. For you. If, 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 so, uh, but I, I, I did, I did. The funny thing is, is that I did a classic blue spaceman. So I, I, uh, Peppercura, the helmet, the air tanks, uh, hand stitched the the space logo on on the chest of it. I even made a blaster that's identical to the original blasters that were back in in the eighties. Uh, I, 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 over time, I created a, a Lego uh, radio, just like the Lego radios that they always had, a wrench and a hammer. Uh, the wrench and the hammer were 3D printed because that's when I started up in my game and doing some more stuff like that. But smart. <laughs> uh, so I, the, the first time I debuted my, my, my Spaceman, I, I took it to Dragon Con and I was hoarse at the end of the evening. I could not talk the next day because I was hoarse because everywhere I went, all I heard was people yelling spaceship and I had to yell spaceship back because that's the most appropriate response. When somebody yells spaceship, spaceship at you, you have to yell spaceship back. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so much fun with that costume. And I would wear it to even some Lego shows. And after the first Lego show I took, I wore it to, which was in Birmingham, uh, Alabama. I had so many five-year-olds asking me, why isn't your helmet cracked? Because the helmet I built was with a non-cracked helmet or the, the chin strap wasn't cracked. And, and I was like, Oh my God, I'm getting called out by five-year-olds. So they're then, all cracked. Cause they're all cracked. So the next year I had to, I had to come home and I had to build, I had to make another helmet with, with the cracked chin so that when I would wear it, the kids would say, okay, yes, you are Benny, not just some <laughs> random 1980s Lego space guy. Um, and so, so small history lesson for those of you who are, who are Lego centric or are not, uh, the, all the reason, the reason that Benny's helmet was cracked in the movie was because in the eighties, the early helmets from 1978 to about 84, uh, were thinner chins. And so they snapped, they cracked, they broke. So, you know, we've got, you know, Lego space fans or space fans in general, we all have these cracked helmets from when we were kids because they just, they snap, but eventually Lego, uh, reinforce the chin and on a, on a newer mold and it was about around an 80 i must say it was anything to you for uh don't quote me on that pretty closest to that time frame and that's when we got the thicker chin strap and so they didn't break as much but when the lego movie came out they had to create yet a newer helmet with 
the augmented crack in it as opposed to just you know making a split in it so that's any, so crazy this is yeah. this is like when i this is like the moment when i realized c3po has a silver kneecap or a silver leg <laughs> like this is like wait his helmet's cracked oh my god it's cracked yes it really oh my <laughs> i didn't even know that dude i i can't tell you how much that screwed me up when i found out like c3po like i it never clicked in my head that his like he had a silver leg i'm like wait oh, yeah. what do you mean he has a silver leg and yeah and my wife's like what you didn't know that or sure. or like on the back of a stormtrooper that one of the biceps has a dimple in it did you know that i didn't know that yes there's so and many things i don't know i love that <laughs> this is why we have this podcast is because i learned so much stuff and i'm like ah it's not for anybody else to hell with the, the, the listeners and everything it's only for me i'm completely selfish this is not to so say I you don't love your listeners not to oh, say i you love every love single one of them <laughs> shout outs to ireland uh uk new zealand australia you guys are awesome because you're like the most listeners besides the united states so props to you guys uh germany's actually making a run for their money too now so that's kind of cool so v gate and z nice german for what's up <laughs> Uh, uh, so that's kind of my intro. I, I got yes, a, great intro. I, I, I tangent. I tangent on my intro. Even you, you, you will always tangent on the show. <laughs> Nobody cannot tangent. Yeah, it's 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 just too much fun to not tangent. We are nerds. Absolutely, this is what we do. And when we're passionate about something, it's so easy to go on these tangents. And this is the quietest David's been in a while. So, how are you doing over there, buddy? <laughs> hey, I, I am here to absorb knowledge of Lego from Dana. I, that's and, awesome. to be, and to be truthful, I mean, I am I, I am a presence to be reckoned with, so I, I will dominate. The, I will dominate <laughs> the conversation regardless of whether David talks or not. <laughs> so, let's. You obviously are a connoisseur of the fine flavors that is Lego. Yes. Um, why are we? Why are we obsessed with Legos? It's we we had this little conversation earlier. We realized it's Lego is itself has been around for almost sixty five years, so sixty three why why are they still such a popular toy why they why do are there shows based on it why are there movies why do we sing the song everything is awesome so first and foremost i, I i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna pull a basic afol on you here uh, <laughs> hashtag basic afol uh the 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 phrase is lego bricks there is no legos oh that's right because the co the, the company is legos Yes, yeah. I do know that. Yes, uh, there is, is there is a yes, huge yeah, there is a yes. huge animosity around the world where people who either add the S or don't add the S, and I am guilty of it too. So I'm just giving I'm giving you a nod <laughs> to wake as I'm doing this because I actually had a friend of mine from the UK come to my house, come to my house, sit in my dining room, and <laughs> chastise me because I called it Legos, oh. and I was like ouch dude Wait, really there's not ouch. even a, an apostrophe S? no 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 it's it's it, you call it lego or you call it lego bricks and you know that that's what they that's what lego's tagline is but the reality is we're americans yeah we, I'm, we, I'm, we, I'm looking on their website right now just to see yeah. if i see anywhere no, it doesn't yeah, oh no, my no. god we, we are americans we bastardize the english language 12 ways to sunday and you know what yes that's why it makes that's why that's why American is a category five language and English is only a category three because we're Americans. Uh, we will say Legos. Gosh darn. But uh, so no, I'll say but why are Lego, why are Lego so popular? Why is it that thing? So I will I I, I will give you my story. 
Hmm. Uh, so in 1975, yeah, I'm going to date myself. 1975, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was the year I received my first Lego set, which would have probably been, I, th- I thought it was Lego, I thought it was Lego building set 112, which was a, uh, basically a basic creator builder box set. But no, I looked in the research and it was the set 367, which was the space modular with astronauts, which is basically the Apollo moon lander in blue bricks and these white brick built spacemen. Um, so that was my introduction to Lego. And then a couple of sets later and, you know, things start to get a little crazy. I had Tinker Toys. I had Lincoln Longs. Mm-hmm. We all, I had an erector set that was a hand-me-down. They were all fun. We got to build with those things and do whatever. But Lego was different. It, it, it was these blocks. They were plastic. They snapped into place. You got instructions. And then you threw the instructions away and you <laughs> built whatever you wanted to build. And you had, you know, everything was chunky. And then it was all kind of cool. And then we jump forward to 1978 and we get minifigures and we've got space and we've got pirates and we've got castle, even though the castle was yellow. And we'll talk about that later. Uh, it, you know, it, there, so now we had all these little dudes and they were yellow faces. So they didn't have any ethnicity to them. They were all generic, but you know, this, this big smiley face that we could play with. Um, and, and kids loved it. I mean, I knew, I knew tons of kids growing up who, who cherished their Lego above everything else. Even when I reached a level of age, when I started collecting Star Wars figures, I had, I had the early bird mail away. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I had the early bird mail away. Uh, I also, uh, GI Joe. Oh man. The laser fire trooper and the jet pack and the platform. That was my, that was my birthday. I think for my golden birthday, which was a seven. Uh, pool party got that oh so, so, remember it vividly i have my all my star wars figures sadly got uh sent to a secondhand resale shop when i was a kid <laughs> have a moment of silence Oof. my mother sold mine at a garage sale well yeah so either way either way our mo- our moms made out with the money on that we didn't those are um, my original Jurassic Park. I have all my <laughs> Jurassic Park toys, which is awesome. But, my my I, wife, how my wife, however, she has a a sad story. Uh, a bunch of her stuff getting tossed uh, because her, one of her mom's boyfriends thought it was just a bunch of garbage in a storage unit and pitched like boxes and boxes of Star Wars carded like almost every Jedi figure was all carded. Still, I mean, it, it, she luckily uh, still has her Empire Strikes Back carrying case uh, with full of figures. And, and her Millennium Falcon and her Dagobah and her uh, Star Destroyer. But, you know, she's still, I mean, you can see her twitch if the conversation comes up. So we so all she had shouldn't li- She shouldn't listen to this episode. Well, no, she, she knows, she knows. She'll, I'll, I'll, I'll prep her for it. But um, so, we, you know, I had those stories. I, I sold my Transformers and my G.I. Joes in my, in my early 20s because I was like, ah! But what I did not sell was my was my space lego I, I i did not i still had my original eight classic space sets from you know 1974 no i no i, no, I take that back uh 70 or no 1980 to 1987 85 a couple sets in there and there um i grew up with a single bomb so i didn't have a lot of money so lego sets were not cheap then they're not cheap not now. Cheap now. <laughs> exactly. But the funny thing is, is that the, the, the price per piece or the price per Lego, it's still about the same price. 
So even though we see all these expensive sets, the price per Lego itself has still been consistent for the last, you know, some odd decades. But again, it, it wasn't a cheap, wasn't a cheap toy. So I saved those. I kept on to them. And every so often, even in high school, I'd pull them out of storage. I'd build them. I'd make sure I still had all the pieces. Uh, somewhere along the line, I lost like seven pieces. And we'll come to that in here in a second. But, you know, every, so even when I'm, even when I started dating my wife, um, moving, moving in together, built, you know, boxes coming out of storage. Oh, here's all my Lego. And I sat there on a Saturday afternoon while it was raining in the Western suburb of Chicago, building my Lego sets as, you know, and get ready to get married. Um, and so I could, I would never let them go. Th th those were always there. And, and my wife and I, we, we got into, I mean, we're both big Star Wars fans. So when Power of the Force 95 came at timeframe, we were buying figures. We were, we were there. We were the lemmings. We're, we're like, yeah, bring them more, bring it more. Um, and then 2002, Star Wars Lego comes out. I'm walking through a, a, a Toys R Us aisle and I see a little slave one that I've got to take home and build and enjoy. And now granted, as we all do, uh, I, I mean, backtrack slightly. So here we are, early 90s, graduating from high school, going to college. Yeah, I'm still buying some comic books from time to time, but I'm not really buying toys. Uh, date money, beer money, gas, you know, that's where funds went to. You weren't buying toys. You weren't buying as much stuff like that. Um, not that the interest wasn't there. And then, you know, slowly buying some Lego as, you know, through the early 2000s. And then uh, the Lego Movie 2 came out. Now, that's not to say I probably didn't have probably 10 or 12 Lego sets that I bought that were mostly Star Wars. Uh, but the Lego Movie 2 or Lego Movie came out and I saw Benny's Spaceship, Spaceship, Spaceship released as a set. I pre-ordered it. I was like, I've, this is my childhood. This is, boom, I need this. I, I, want, it, I want it day one. And so I got that and it, and it created a, uh, a rekindle of my love for Lego. I don't think it ever really truly went away because like I said, I'd still bring the sets out every so often. I'd put them together, enjoy them. I wasn't building anything you know, new or, you know, uh, uh, creating a mock or my own creation is what they're, they refer to it out of those pieces. I was just still always just building the sets, even though I had built stuff when I was a kid, but that, that, that love and that nostalgia that when the Lego movie came out, it just relit that fire and it, it turned, it, it wasn't just a spark. It was a blaze and has resulted into my office being a, a, a shrine to Lego and my basement looking like the Ark of the Covenant is hidden in there because I have so many boxes and other sets um, that are down there in storage because I can't fit it all in my room. And, and so that's, it's, it's, it, Lego is not no longer a, a passing fancy. It is, it's now a way of life for me. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, it, look, and, and obviously our, our viewers can't see. Right. But you have all these beautiful sets back there. There's it looks like at least two, three versions of Slave One. Plus you have I have a big one. I have all the Slave Ones except for Django Fett, which is on my, my list of things to get. Uh, sadly, that set is like ridiculous on the aftermarket. And, and there is a new Slave One that was just announced uh, that will come out uh, later this year because it's going to have Old Man Boba in it as well, along with Dinjarin. And yeah. I may already have five copies of Slave One, but I'm going to have to get it again. No, absolutely. Again. Um, so let me ask you this, because you have built a lot of different sets of Legos. Um, has there, what is one of the coolest things you think you've ever built? And then we'll follow up with, what is one of the coolest things you've ever seen built? Okay. 
So one of the, I have my list of sets that are awesome in general. And, and that list varies by, by criteria. So it's like classic sets that you loved as a kid or that you didn't get to have as a kid that you go back and you, you, you build as an adult. Uh, by the way, not having any children creates a large slush fund for going back and getting sets you didn't have as a kid. Um, but yeah. so, so a lot of those older sets, they weren't as, you know, they have their nuances and they weren't as intricate as some of the sets that are today. And mm-hmm. so uh, uh, for those of you on who didn't see us before the pre-show, I, I scrolled through my room and I have the, the UCS Millennium Falcon, the UCS Star Destroyer and, and, and other UCS sets. Um, and I, I would tend to, to gravitate towards one of those as being one of the cooler sets to build. I'd say the Star Destroyer is definitely probably even better than the Falcon. Mm. Uh, but from a, from, a, from a builder's perspective, I'd say the Saturn V rocket is a master class on snot. Uh, Stud's not on top. It, it, it's mm-hmm. built, it's all built without any Technic pieces. So there's not a lot of Technic pins in there. So it's all brick built. It's, it's a phenomenal solid structure. It was a fan design set. And you can tell there, there was a lot of love and time put into making that build before Lego uh, tweaked it and, and, and made it more official. I'd also say that the, uh, the star shuttle or the, uh, the spatial discovery that they just did with the Hubble, Hubble mm-hmm. telescope, one of the most solid builds I've ever done uh, as far as a Lego set, just, just phenomenal. The, it, it's mostly plate built as opposed to bricks. So it is solid and it's compact. It is a sturdy model. It is true to uh, the space shuttle and the Hubble telescope, a phenomenal, phenomenal build, uh, hands down. Um, so the dove, but, but on, on tap, on, on side of that, probably one of the coolest things that I've built outside of official Lego set, I found some instructions on rebrickable, mm. rebrickable.com, which is um, similar to like Lego ideas where people can submit for Lego to, to create a set where Rebrickable allows fans to just upload their instructions and th- things they've done. You can toss them, I think like it's five, 10, 15, depending on how big the set is for the instructions and you can buy the instructions and then you can source the parts yourself to build. And a uh, huge Star Wars um, Rebels fan. And I, I have the Lego official Lego ghost set and I, and I love it. But when I saw that someone had done a mid-size UCS style ghost with the Phantom in the back, uh, all minifigure scale, I had to pick that up. It, it was like $15 for the instructions. I found it uh, from a guy on brick, uh, uh, Instagram and went through and found it, picked it up. I would probably say uh, there was probably $300 worth of parts involved <laughs> to, to get this. Um, right. I actually, in that build, there were, there were there's little... There, if you've ever built a um, sand speeder, a Lego span sand speeder, there's the windshield. There's that little curved piece that sits in the front that Lego designed specifically for the sand speeder. They typically are clear. They've, they've made them in a couple of solid colors. Uh, black is one of them uh, and white has been one of them, but they also made it in, in light bluish gray in one of the, the sets that was for um, the second or episode eight when they were on the planet with the red dust and everything, the red dust and the sand. I can't remember the my, 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 my pre or my post last three movies of star Wars, my, 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 
trivia is not as good as it should be. If you, <laughs> if you ask me anything from episodes one through one through six, I'm golden, but it's seven, eight, nine. I'm a little, little light on. We'll but, forgive uh, you this time. <laughs> they, 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 in one of those sets, they, they, they had that piece in light bluish gray, only set that it came in. And I needed four of those for this UCS ghost. And there were none available in the United States. And if I wanted four of them, I would have to go to this guy who was in either Denmark or Germany, I forget which it was. And he was charging $5 a piece for that part. And on top of that, it was $30 in shipping. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I want to build this set. And the last four pieces I need are $20 for the pieces and another $30 for shipping. I was like, credit card <laughs> i i went through and i found as many parts that he had in his inventory that i thought i would ever need or use just to justify the 30 dollars in shipping because this was during i think this was during covid so it was slow shipping shipping price prices were increased coming from all over the country it was crazy yeah. so uh it, it it was a daunting uh build but it was a lot of fun um it had some issues with the build itself because again it was a not an official designer it was a you know a fan build but uh it, it's one of my new jewels in the collection I, I enjoy having it up there on the shelves that's awesome um besides that was that the one so we kind of talked about this earlier has there ever been a lego set that just like defeated you is this that, that set th th this is as close to that con that comment that i could probably get because it was it was a question of do I want to spend the money for this part to finish this or just let it sit with all the pieces in a box until Lego decides to release that part you know in another five years on another set and get it for cheaper. It, it was close. It, it was a question of do I want to do this or not? Is it gonna is it gonna defeat me? But yeah, I buckled in that. Of course, I had to. I had to complete. It. I had to complete. It. It's it's this is it's, it's your plastic crack. That's what I call it. it, oh, it, it well, it's, it's, it's my wife is always, you know, cause we're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary this year. And, and hey, she's always, congrats. thank you. She's always joked about, you know, uh, midlife crisis, this or that. And I'm like, honey, I'm already in it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not buying a sports car and chasing after skirt. I'm buying more plastic. <laughs> That's I, I, I don't think nerds have midlife crisis unless, and of course we get like a, like a droid or something of that sort. Like our, <laughs> we are constantly in our midlife yeah. crisis. Yeah, I think well, that's I mean, the greatest well, part. I, mean, I think, well, no, the antithesis of that is that we've never really hit a midlife crisis because we are continuing to live our childhoods. We're not letting go. That's and nice. it kind of dovetails back to your first question about why is Lego so popular is because we enjoyed it as a kid. And then we find out as an adult that we still enjoy it and we don't have to stop enjoying it because, you know, uh, we could do a completely t uh, nerd tangent about how nerd culture is now the norm, as opposed to when we were in high school, where you kept your nerd closeted. It's we've talked about it every episode. It's, okay. So, it's, so it's, so it's, 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 it's a, like, it's a thing. We live in the yeah. golden age of it. And yeah, so it's, this is what's, I, I legitimately had a conversation with the lady uh, because my the, the podcast actually has been nominated for one of the best podcasts in Connecticut for 2021. So yes, so I'm very excited. Won't find out till October uh, whether or not. <laughs> uh, but you know, we were sitting there talking. She, she's like, "What's it about?" And I go, "Nerd culture and pop culture." I said, "We talk about D and D." And she goes, "Oh, she just went on a huge tangent about it." So I love that we live in this time frame to where. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely cool. Now, now going it, back it, to it, our, our midlife crisis, 
I think David might be going through his right now with the BFG. I think that might be a sign. <laughs> well, I, I have a friend who she used to say that when a man turns 40, he gets one of three things as his midlife crisis, a sports car, a girlfriend, or an obsessive hobby. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> yeah. and, but, but you're right. I mean, the, it's a lot of us have, a, I don't want to say extended, what well, is extended childhood? It's nostalgic. Um, it, it, a lot it, of it Legos is, is, is huge, at it, least Star Wars. It, it is nostalgic. And, you know, I, you know, you asked why people get into Legos. I think kids get into Legos or you get into Lego as a kid because not only some people like building the kit that's there and they mm-hmm. like to build, they, they follow the instructions and they, and, but before they did all the licensing, before they, before they licensed out, you know, Harry Potter or Jurassic Park or Star Wars or anything like that, they had, they had Lego space and they had, they had their own things. And then after that, after you built that, if you were like me as a kid, after you built whatever it was, and then your little brother smashed it into a gazillion pieces, well, all of those things, you either rebuilt it, missing a couple that were, that either broke or were lost or whatever, or you probably just tore it down and threw it into a bin. Yep. And that's very common. Right. And as time goes on, you tear down a bunch of those and you throw them in bins. You know, we, mm-hmm. up in our toy room, we've got just we've got bins of Legos. But but that's the beauty of it. And, you know, you, people of any age love playing with Legos because it's very tactile. Mm-hmm. It's something that 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 everybody can build. Everybody can build, even if it's just putting bricks together. Uh, Steve, you may not know this. I used to be a high school teacher. And I one did of the not things, know this. Yes, I used to be a high school. I used to be a high school <laughs> history teacher. But one of the things that that group psychologists will do in order to get people to interact is they'll put a bunch of Legos on a table, and if people just go into a room with Legos on a table, with no other instructions, they will go over to that table and they will instinctively start building, mm-hmm. and they will start building together. Mm-hmm. And so that, at that point, that. then it becomes a communal experience that, that then these people, you know, somebody's building a truck and someone's building a spaceship and someone's building a boat or whatever, but they're all building and they're exchanging pieces and they're interacting. And, and that's one way that you, that, that as a group process theory, you can get people to interact complete strangers. Again, this is before COVID too, but. Yeah. You know, oh, but COVID creates a whole new dynamic, but keep going. Yes. But, but that's what it does. It's, it's that. Kids love to go back, kids and adults love to go back to that, that just, that's just them and their imagination and a mm-hmm. bunch of parts. And they don't have to be, you know, you don't have, Lego has become, they have these very specialized parts that like you were talking about this mm-hmm. one piece in this one color that used for one thing. Yeah. Well, before that, you know, you had, you know, had the, the two bricks, the single brick, the two bricks, the square bricks, the rectangular brick, you know, some have an angle and that's it. But people yeah. w- then you have wheels or whatever, but people will start building and they'll build whatever whatever their imagination can do for them. And I think that's why people love it. Some of it is the nostalgia. Um, you know, that's the other thing I was going to ask you, Dana, is is did you do a lot of just random building on your own or were you in, more into the, the kits and the, and the, the pre-mades? So the answer is yes. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, uh, when I was coming out of my dark ages, I was in a Lego store and one of the Lego employees, who's now probably one of my closest friends, uh, he was working at the store and he's like, so do you, do you like to just build the sets or do you, do you like to do your own creations? I'm like, yes. And uh, it, it, it segued into a conversation 
of me becoming involved with the uh, Lego user group here uh, in Georgia. Um, but even when I was a kid, even though as I would build the sets to make sure I still had all my pieces, I was still building my own things. Um, and, and we talk about this and we touch on this in a lot of different conversations about, uh, I, I like to refer to it as building inside the box because when I was a kid, I only had so many sets. So it wasn't like I could let my imagination just go crazy because I had like, you know, this uh, steamer trunk full of parts to play with. I had, you know, a shoebox full of parts to play with. And so I could, my, my imagination was locked into those specific pieces that I got to play with, uh, which actually I think created better builders or created more creativity because you learn to work with what you had versus having an, un, an, an unlimited amount of parts uh, to the point where when I became, when, as an adult coming back into it and coming out of my dark ages, uh, I started learning about that I could build digitally with Lego pieces, whether it was Lego Digital Designer, uh, which is, it's come and gone. It's kind of there. And now there's Brickling Studio, which is phenomenal. It even has its own 3D rendering software in there. So it, it looks photorealistic when it's done. But so here now I had every part in existence in colors that didn't even exist. I could build whatever I want. And it was almost overload because I was used to as a kid building with what I had. And, and, and that tactile thing you're talking about that it in my hand and that, that if I was to say my hand digging through a, a bucket of Lego, you instantly hear the sound of what that is. Yes, I just we, did that. That's we awesome. all we all have that recognition of what that is to build with Lego, and and even though I enjoy building digitally because it says I I'll do like a first draft of something I got in my head that I want to get out quickly without having to go search for parts, but it all comes back to building it physically and 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 searching for the parts and getting them and playing with them and and, and physics involved and weight ratio and how you're going to build all that and. It is truly, it's like the difference between reading a printed comic book or a printed book versus a Kindle or reading on your PC. I would still much rather read a physical book or a magazine or comic. Let me ask you this. That, that would you smell? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. But let me ask you this. The way you're describing it and the way you're describing your passion and love for Legos, um, it's not only is it nostalgic to you, but it almost seems what I would argue therapeutic. The way I am oh, with painting yes. models and yes. building stuff, uh -huh. uh, it's it legitimately seems like this is like when you're having a bad day, you go to a bucket of bricks and just go to town. I think that crosses all hobbies, all yeah. passions that, you know, whatever you do to make you feel better to escape uh, whatever it is you're going through. I, I have talked to countless people's. Uh, who who use Lego as therapeutic means for them, whether you know whether it be death in the family, a divorce, uh, just you know a hard day at work, whatever it's going to be, you know, you can disconnect from from your reality, and here you are. Whether whether it's that they're taking back to a childhood phase or just being able to switch gears in your brain. Like I, I work in IT, so it's all very you know analytical inside my head and problem solving. While it's a different type of problem solving. When I switch to doing Lego, it's it's the creative side of my brain that kicks in versus, you know, the technology side of my brain. So you know, for me, it's it's that escapism kind of feel, kind of scenario. So exactly what you're talking about. It's very therapeutic awesome. for for people. Yeah. So well, talking about building. Oh, go ahead, David. Well, and the other thing I was going to say is, you know, you Dana, you were talking about well, you have this you have this box full of bricks, before all the licensed stuff. Mm -hmm. This is one of my. <laughs> 
this is one of this is what this and i have the other box here is my lego space mission commander the, these were the okay. two sets that i wanted so you'd buy the set and this is before any of the licensing but yeah. you'd open it up and on the inside of the box or on the back of the box everything they would have a picture of mm -hmm. everything you see here you can build with what's in there and so that kind of that to me just just looking when i would get one of these sets i would open this up and i say oh I want to build that, even though there are no directions. There are no directions to this. It's just, what can I build? But I know that I have all of the pieces because all of the pieces are right there, right? All the pieces are in this box, so I can build this. And then where do you go from that? What else can you build? And I think that's, you were talking, you know, you're talking about getting into the zone. It's that creativity. It's that, that, that space in your mind, and, and you were, Steve, you talk about any other, your other hobbies or whatever else people do. Everybody has that happy place. It's that spot where they can go, where their family doesn't exist, their job doesn't exist. It's only whatever, whatever else is going on in their life right then, whether it's stressful, good stress or bad stress, everything else goes away and all they have, and because like Legos are tactile, like playing a musical instrument or whatever, they can get their hands on something. You can forget about everything else and you can just do whatever it is, build whatever it is you've got in your mind. And whether that's following the directions to build the Death Star, the Millennium Falcon or whatever, or whether it's building just something, I've got a bunch of pieces. I wonder what I can do with this. And then, you know, an hour later, they've got a spaceship. And if it's good, you let it sit. And if it's not, well, you break it down and you, you go at it again in an hour. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And for those of you who can't see, uh, uh, David was holding up a boxed set of 6954 uh, Renegade from Blacktron 1 from 1987. That box looks like it has been sitting on a, a pristine shelf. Uh, that is a very did, nice that box. That is a very excellent box. I know people who would probably want to break into your house and steal that. So uh, lots of diehard Blacktron fans out there, definitely. Oh, Space Police! Oh! Mission Commander. Ice. Mission Commander. I actually can say I have two of those. Now, granted, I don't have a box, but I have two of them. <laughs> I, this this Mission Commander is one of those sets that I I wanted. It was it was I believe a hundred dollars at the time. So oh, yeah. it was wow. in the eighties. A hundred dollar Lego set was just ungodly expensive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's but, not even oh, talk I, about the monorail. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're talking about all these different Legos, and we're talking about your skills and techniques. And you, like I said, you are definitely the guru. You definitely dabble. Uh, there is a class of builders called the master builders. And yes. not, so describe to me and educate me here, because when I think master builders, I think, you know, Chris Emmett. Pratt. <laughs> yeah. Emmett. <laughs> Emmett, Lucy and, yes. uh, and Benny. And, and then there's a show uh, and there's a show and everything yes. with, it, with these people. All right. All right. So hold on to your seats, kids. So, um, oh, man. I, I, there's even things I want to go back and talk about with Dave, but so we'll keep, we'll keep going forward on this question though. So a Lego master, a la from the Lego, the first Lego movie, a Lego uh, master builder is someone who can build without instructions and build what they, what they want from the parts that they have in front of them, no matter what it might be. So exactly what I was talking about. I've got this box of parts and I'm going to build whatever I want to build because I've got this box of parts here. So I think I, I would say that the, the technical definition of a master builder is, a, is a, a Lego builder who builds, who free builds uh, from their mind without instructions. So that 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 I would say is the technical definition. Um, now, would you consider that, yourself a master builder? 
Okay, so we're treading on thin line there. So I'm not, <laughs> not going to out myself or say one way or the other. I'm going to leave it where it is. Um, so now we have this TV show called Lego Masters. Uh-huh. And so, and you know, it, it, ha- it came out of several other countries first. U.S. was was slow to pick this one up, kind of like The Office. Um, so you know, I I think what UK, I know Belgium, Belgium or uh, Germany, Australia couple other countries throughout there have been, have been doing the show and now we got you know the u.s doing it we got season two um shout out to australia the best of the shows as far as lego master goes so if you get a, ch- get a chance to find them on on youtube or whatever you can find some sort of streaming uh australia lego masters is by far the best of them all however the belgian show has probably the best builders and that's not sliding anybody but some of the most amazing mocks i've ever seen have been on lego masters Belgium. oh denmark uh, sorry, uh, I was trying to f- figure out if Lego originated in Belgium, but it's no, Denmark. Denmark. It's Denmark. And Billund, Billund, Denmark, as a matter of fact. Um, shoot, where were Lego Masters. So we got <laughs> the Lego Masters uh, show. And and so w- the contestants are competing to be crowned the Lego Master. Uh, and it's a, it's a tag, it's a team effort. And so they're doing. However, if you make it on the show and you are on the show, you come in already as, in my opinion, a Lego master. You cannot, I don't think you could get on the show if you are not a Lego master. You're, or at least your partner is. You may be tagging along as a slightly less builder versus, you know, versus your partner who might be a, a, a stronger builder, especially if there's like a, a grandson and a grandmother. I mean, definitely the grandson's probably more the Lego master and uh, master builder versus the grandma, but you never know. There's some, some pretty sly... Uh, grandma's out there building with lego so that being said i would say i i would probably classified as a master builder but i would not call myself one because i I reserve that for people who have either made it on the show or who are lego employees who are classified as their title as master builder and there's there are several of those throughout the world Uh, typically they work for legoland uh, theme parks or the discovery centers or work uh, in Billund or in, uh, I forget the name of the, com- the name of the city in uh, Connecticut. Um, but yeah, th- so they're, they're out there. So again, no. oh, oh my God, I, I live in Connecticut. I should know this. My wife's going to hear this episode and, and, and kill me. And I know it because I've listened to pro- uh, podcasts about where it is and uh, infield. Yes. Here we go. Infield. Yes. That is where the home of us Lego is in infield, Connecticut. So obviously um, yeah. a reason to come up and hang out with me sometime and build Legos. Absolutely. I can go to Enfield. <laughs> David, you, you've already been welcomed many times to right. come over here. So you, you just, you can just show up anytime. That's absolutely okay. <laughs> um, so I, I do have a small follow-up to the, 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 the master yeah. builder question. Yes. Yeah, um, for season one, I was approached by casting. And so I put my hat in the ring, but I didn't have a partner picked out because I, I, I wasn't quite sure and I was just kind of going into myself and I really wasn't sure if I could even do the show because of the timing of the filming. And so I didn't really get anything beyond the first call or first two calls. So I just let it go. Uh, season two, wow. they announced season two and uh, two of the guys in my lug, um, uh, Mark and Steven Erickson, who are on season two, I had heard that they were interviewing and I'm like, these guys are going, I know they're going, they should have been on season one, but they couldn't because of timing for them, uh, school and stuff like that. So they couldn't do it. So they're in season two and I'm rooting for them. I'm hoping they make it all the way. They, they're, they're being good enough, but not spoiling it. Uh, but so through the, the interview process for season two, um, 
I was like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put my hat in the ring. And uh, it, it's just, you know, it, it's a little daunting. It, it, it's also a little intimidating, truthfully, because after watching the show, I've seen some stuff and I'm like, wow, <laughs> I, I might've been able to build something, but that clock on the wall is, is what everybody screams about as being, you know, the killer, you know, you're, you're running out of time. You know, when you're sitting in your office and you're dinking with whatever, Oh yeah. You can spend the time you want, but when there's a clock and the pressure's on, no, no, it's a whole other story. But I had a buddy of mine who's in the lug and uh, he, he sent me a text one day. He's like, Hey, do you think you'd be able to do the show? And I'm like, are you asking, do I want to do the show? <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, let's put our hat in the ring and see if we can do it. So we actually went through and did the interview process. We got uh, to the point before we would have had to submit a bill together, but we did the, 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 you know, phone interview and then a video chat interview uh had to had to build it we built a giant moon base um in this guy's basement to show you know some of the stuff that we'd done and built and had a great time with it but then covid kind of changed everything because i think there was a point in time where in season one they flew you out to la to do a build challenge just to like the final round and stuff like that and during covid they just sent you guys bricks to build and then video it do stuff like that so I, I, i talked to people who got that far and uh, the, the, the bad part is, is that I am my, I, my partner who would have who tried would have been 40 uh, something white guys. And that show fills that slot quickly. And, you know, if, if, if I had been gay, that might've been a different story or <laughs> not, not to call out that the, they're looking, I mean, it's a reality show. It's not, they're not actually doing a competition of saying, Hey, submit your best builds and we're going to have people judge that to come and join they're looking for a little bit of drama there's flavors see they want there's their flavors. flavors they're looking for flavors. but that being said do not do not discount everybody you see on that show as being qualified master builders to be on there because they I, it. They, they 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 aren't just a dramatic influence to show up on the show they still have to pass being a good quality builder to be on that show hands down so do not nice. discount that they're filling a checks box for for different things everybody who's on that show regardless of race creed or religion is a master builder hands down that's awesome um so talking about master builders and everything what do you think the future of lego is where where can we go with legos that they haven't already gone so um David brought up conversation about you know post lit or pre Lego or pre pre COVID Lego versus COVID Lego and, and there's some stuff that's kind of gone on now with COVID. Um, Co- Lego had the same impact that the rest of the world did. You know, warehouses shut down, production shut down, crazy things like that. Stores shut down. My local my local my two local Lego stores were both closed for I want to say six eight weeks give or take. Um, shop at home. For Lego, sold out of like almost everything during early COVID. When the stores opened back up, the stores couldn't keep product on the shelves. the The Target aisle and and the Walmart aisle, heck, even my grocery store that had Lego shelves were bare. Now, granted, so were model kits, so were uh, uh, puzzles. You know, everything was going crazy. You know, people in lockdown. However, Lockdown's kind of easing up now. A lot of us get vaccinations, doing the whole thing. We're starting to get out there. We're not back to the real world yet, but we're getting closer. But Lego sales numbers are still going crazy. They're still 
having record weeks, record months. Uh, the one store here in Atlanta, uh, uh, it, it's the longest store that's been here. They're going to hit uh, 3 million in sales this year. They've never done more than 1.5. They're on the road for three. And they're not, and, it, and they're not, and then the store isn't changing anything. They're not doing anything different. People are just coming in out of the woodwork. Now there's the thought that during COVID, Lego was something that you could do at home. And so people started buying sets, you know, why is it cool? We're, we're talking about that. Tons of people were like, hey, I played with Lego when I was a kid and I someone to buy the set. And on top of that, whether it, you know, fault of COVID or not, or whatever you want to call it, Lego has slowly been acknowledging and looking at its adult fans, AKA AFOLs, adult fans of Lego. There is a reason why UCS sets sell the ultimate collector series. The, yes. You know, that was going to ask you that. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. When, when you, when you've got an $800 millennium Falcon that comes out and the store gets 14 copies and they're all sold out within 10 minutes of the store opening and people come from a state away to get to that store because they don't have a store in their state to get that. That says something. And right. then to say the fact that, that every time they get that set in for the next six to eight months, they sell out within the day that they get the set we're talking eight hundred dollars. We're not right. talking a twenty dollars set here, right? Because no child is touching that set. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I mean, I mean, granted, granted, there, there's probably some upper crusty, mid, you know, Midwestern family with Timmy who's asking for a million Falcon for Christmas, and mom and dad are spending like you know three times the market value because they're going to get it on Craigslist or something like that. But the majority of the Millennium Falcons or those UCS sets are definitely being bought by not even 18 plus, not even 20 plus. We're talking oh, 30, 40 plus zeros. Yeah, exactly. You, you and I are the market for that. You're, exactly, you're yeah. exactly. I'm almost uh, the market. I'm you're almost, almost there. <laughs> 34, baby. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, that is the future of Lego. It's, I mean, their marketing value or their marketing operation has always been seven to 12 year olds. That keeps recycling every five years. You get new, you get new teens or whatever it's going to be. So you get your new seven to five year old or seven to twelve year olds, and that market continually goes. And that's why you've got your Ninjago sets, your your, your whatever it's going to be, um, and, and and that that was that's been the thriving market for them for a long time. Mm -hmm. But now that you've got your thirties and your forty somethings who have disposable income and who can buy a two hundred and fifty dollar player piano set or uh, you know, a, a $250 Moss Eisley set or whatever it's gonna be. Uh, what the, the, the Mario Brothers set that came out with the little TV and the, and, and the console and the control or even, pads. Or the, even the, uh, the, uh, the canvases. Because you oh, yeah. can do the, 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 yeah. the, the, the mosaics. just little buttons. Yeah, the mosaics. The mosaics are, are hugely popular with adults. Um, I was talking to one of the Lego managers and she said that the, fa and I, it, the fastest selling set in Lego's history was the friend central perk set. I believe it. I and, absolutely believe it. And the majority of the people that were coming in to buy it were women of 30 something age range because it I, fit the demographic. You know, I, that, I that actually was, almost bought that for my wife. I remember. I, I, I did buy one. it for my wife. I did, did buy it for my wife. I even bought the, the, the apartments that came out just recently for that. Um, because as much as my wife is a huge star Wars fan and, and we're both, we're both big nerds. 
Um, but Lego's been always my thing. But anytime she sees something that comes out that crosses into her fandom, she's like, oh, you're definitely getting that for me, right? Now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. And so that, I think the future of Lego is that, is that it's like, you know, we fall in love with it as kids because it's building blocks or whatever. We can create our imaginations. It's, you know, it's our, it's our palette to, to create. But then as an adult, we still want that palette to create. And now you're giving us sets that are from our passions and what we enjoy. And we're going to shell out the money to do it. And I think, and for the longest time, Lego really didn't embrace that. And now they are really embracing that. Um, it, 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 that's where things are going. Dana, what would you say that um, the collectors are, what percentage of the, the Lego fan base are the builders or who do it mostly for the building? Or what would you say are the collectors? Because, you know, you were talking about, you know, 14, 14 Death Stars or 14 UCS Millennium Falcons or Star Destroyers come into the shop and they, they, they're flying off the shelves and they, they sell out for months at a time. What percentage of those do you think never left the box or they were shrink wrapped and put in a closet because someone thinks I'm going to put my kid through college with that or I'm, you know, with the, like the gentle giant or the sideshow figures or whatever, I look behind you and I see, obviously you build a lot of those sets. Again, I have box, I have a couple of box sets, but I have built them over time, but you and I both know people who they've bought, they bought the UCS Millennium Falcon. It's, they haven't broken the wrapping. They haven't opened one of the bags and they will never build it. So, uh, so the first the first comment to that is um, I learned this pretty quickly as I started uh, be, as being a, um, a Lego ambassador and talking to different varieties of people who who are who are fans of Lego. Um, everyone Lego is different. That's 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 first and foremost. Everyone Lego is different. Um, you have people who only buy sets, and 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 they build just official sets. Then you have people who are obsessed with minifigures. They could care less about the set. They want the minifigures. That's what they're after. You'll have people who are obsessed about a specific theme, and that's all they buy is just that theme. And then you have people who are obsessed with classic sets. So they just only buy classic sets because they're 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 that's what they're they're obsessed with. Um, and they may build other things. But they'll only build they'll only build uh, a mock with old official pieces from that era. They won't build with anything new. Um, and then you've got you know people who are you know today buying new sets and they only buy one set off the top of the you know because it was fun. And then yeah, there are those people out there who will buy a set and hold on to it for three five years, whatever it's going to be, and sell it for top value when it retires because Lego is. Uh, you know, they retire sets after a few years, depending on the time frame or depending on the set. And yeah, they will go for money because that, that we're always sliding the new fan base. So, you know, you may not have been old enough to be really caring about a set five years ago. And then you reach an age level where you're like, oh, I didn't realize that set existed. I need it. Somebody out there has got one sealed and, you know, they're making money off it. Uh, on top of that, there's yet another classification of seller who is buying up sets specifically to part them out, to sell the pieces and sell the minifigures versus holding on and selling the, the actual set. So, you know, 
there's a wide spectrum of, of, of seller or buyers, sellers, collectors, you name it, whatever you're going to be. Um, there, there are people I know who will go on. I mean, there's actually this part of when I came back into Lego, there was a guy who he was creating a business, an online business. He was buying up bulk Lego from marketplace, from eBay, from Goodwill, whatever it was. And he was sorting, having it sorted by color and selling Lego by the pound by color. How much does it go by pound? It depends on the color. It depends on the color. Now, What's the the average? Oh, but 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 uh, loose brick, loose brick again also varies. About somebody's going to see, want to ask a picture. They're going to see a picture. What's in there? Uh, do I see old pieces? Is it classic? Do I see friends sets? Now, now I say friends. I don't. I mean mini dolls. I don't mean uh, Jennifer Aniston and and Matthew Perry. You know. Some people are like, eh, that's a bunch of friend sets. I don't really need that. It's, 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 it's not regular colors. It's, it's lots, of, lots of fluoresce or right. uh, pastels and stuff like that. Uh, Dave's nodding his head. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, so once you see a picture, you can kind of gauge what you're willing to spend for it. Um, anywhere from six to nine dollars a pound for loose brick is probably pretty average. Okay. Uh, when you get to be choosy about what you're choosing from that, like you go to some place like a store, they'll charge you $15 for you to sift through their Lego and pull out what you want. So they'll charge you $15 a pound for loose Lego like that. Um, but if you're, if you're, if you're patient, you can find things at a dollar a pound because somebody doesn't know what they're trying to, they're, they got and they're just trying to get rid of it. Uh, that's always good for if you're on Facebook marketplace and stuff like that. Um, if somebody's going to sell you by the pound for a particular color, it's going to depend on the color. The more rare the color, the more valuable the pound is for sure. Interesting. That's good. Uh, so I want to wrap up this up because this has been a phenomenal episode, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. This we is, could go for is... another two hours easy. Oh, I know I, I could. This is, this is <laughs> yes. great. Uh, I, mean, I haven't even scratched the surface. Oh, no. I, I can only imagine. And we we'll do a round two. We can do we a round will, two. Absolutely. We will be doing a round two because I already know my listeners are going to have questions. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, I had this special question that I was saving just for you. Uh, I want to know what Legos are made of. Um, my question is, are Legos made of pure hatred? Because every time I step on one, I can only imagine that's why they hurt so bad. You're screaming in agony because the <laughs> devil put a little bit of his evilness into every little Lego piece. I, I have, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the only thing I can think of is because people joke and they say to me, it's like, it's like, it's like oh man, it's got to be nightmare walking through your house in the middle of the night. I'm like, no, because I'm a good A-fool and I put my Lego pieces to sleep at night in their own little protective cases versus having them on the floor. You don't use it as you, like your anti-theft system? You just don't throw out? Uh, I could, but I have five cats. I have five cats and that's just not a good combination. <laughs> just saying that. Uh, Actually, well, having five cats is not a good combination either. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dana, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, David, Absolutely. as always, thank you for being here. Uh, as always, I always welcome you guys back. Uh, definitely, Dana, we, we definitely, legitimately, I think we only covered about four or five of the questions. I, I, so I achieved my goal. You did. You did. Few as questions did as possible. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always amazing to have you guys, uh, to have you guys on. Uh, Dana, seriously, thank you. Uh, one last question. Where can people find you? You definitely were talking about your live stream. So let's, uh, yep. let's do yep. some shameless plugins. So, uh, so first and foremost, you can find me on both Instagram and on YouTube under the handle Troubles with an S, brew, uh, Bricking, Troubles Bricking. Uh, so at 
troubles bricking on both Instagram and YouTube. Not so much on you, my YouTube channel because um, I got way too much going on that I never think about actually producing content from my YouTube channel. But I do post on Instagram very regularly. So if you want to come see what I'm what I'm doing in my 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 collection as I do it. Uh, along with that, uh, if you are on YouTube and you go and you search for old gray bricks, and that's G-R-A-Y for you non-English speaking or non-American speaking spellers. Uh, so I and uh, very similar to your show, uh, three of my fellow AFOLs in my lug, we would start doing a chat on Saturdays and we were just, you know, talking about this, building that, whatever we're doing. And we're like, you know what, we should just do this live and see if people want to join. Next thing That's you know, we've got like nine other people who rotate in, you know, I, it's probably like a cast of 30 that rotate in and out depending on the week. And, and we do a show on Monday nights at, at eight. Uh, it's called usually called Messy Mondays. Now it's called Muggy Mondays for the summer here in Georgia. And then on Thursdays, we do Thursday Night Live, which is at seven o'clock Eastern time. And we may have a, a topic or a guest. We've had several of the Lego Masters from Lego Masters TV show uh, join us. Even the, the the winner from last season, uh, Tyler Kleitz, he joined on us. Uh, nice. We have Boone Boone Langston, who is a, a huge AFOL and uh, ambassador of the Brick. He joins us periodically from time to time, and a slew of other cast of characters. So Old Gray Bricks on YouTube, give us you can give us a, a shout out there. Yeah, well, and we'll plug you in into the episode. Make sure it gets onto the Twitter and Twitch and all that stuff and all the the shameless plugins I'm about to do. Uh, <laughs> David, do you guys uh, do you guys got anything coming up in the near future? Um, the the biggest thing we have coming up, at least I have coming up, is uh, Dragon Con. Um, we've got you know the, the all of our clubs, you know, regionally we've got some stuff going on uh, there. Uh, it just depends on what what events are happening. Uh, the Mandalorian Mercs uh, Club, we have something called MercsCon. It's going to be in New Orleans this year. Um, that's a, a, a Mandalorian-centric or club-centric event. Um, but that's, and then let's see, what else we've got going on? Oh, next year, pe people are already getting ready for Star Wars Celebration. Celebration, Celebration yeah. Which is going to be in May in Anaheim next year. Yeah. So, which awesome. I believe, which if you're, if you're just now hearing about it, forget it because all the hotels are already booked. <laughs> not the hotel's already booked but all the tickets are gone because oh, yeah oh yeah the, the tickets sold out almost instantly uh although they did roll them over now it was supposed to happen last year because of covid but everybody who had a ticket last year is going to roll over but you know because people lost their jobs or weren't working or whatever i imagine the secondary market's going to be flooded with celebration tickets once those get sent out yeah um but dragon con is the next big thing i've got on my radar and like i said i'm I'm in SweatCon 3 right now <laughs> as far as all of my costumes or whatever projects that I've got uh, coming up for that. That's awesome. Um, so, okay, let's go ahead and wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Audible or Apple, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod, And on Twitter, at, uh, at NerdDNAPod. Uh, and I'm actually getting a little bit more on Twitch. Uh, occasionally, I've been playing Phasmophobia. Uh, there's no Lego set of that yet, so if you want to get on that for me, Dana, that would be really great. Talk to your buddies over there. We'll see what we do. Uh, <laughs> uh, at Nerd DNA Podcast. And as always, I'm Steve, and I've been your host tonight with David and Dana. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for being on the show. And this has been Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>